are listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. First broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 7th of June 2020. This week, ahead of Empathy Day on June the 9th, Paul talks to assistant head and English teacher Amy Willoughby on the whys and hows of teaching empathy in schools. The Frequency 104.7 The Area Rossendale Valley The Station Rossendale Radio Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to our Waffle segment. Uh, This week is a really important day. We have these national days all the time. We've had National Biscuit Day. It's International Talk Like a Pirate Day in September. But Tuesday is one that actually matters and is really important because Tuesday is Empathy Day. Uh, And as part of that, uh, loads of schools, libraries and many, many authors up and down the country and illustrators and all sorts of people involved with books, publishers and whatnot, all of those people are getting together online because obviously we're all in lockdown and they are going to be creating a magnificent set of events and schools are a key part of that so we thought we'd talk to somebody uh, who has a real experience of working on Empathy Day and working with Empathy Lab the people that organise Empathy Day Uh, and my guest this afternoon is that person is Amy Willoughby she's a teacher from Beck Primary School uh, over in Sheffield hence we just played some pulp for her Uh, and uh, she's got her song choices coming up but I had a chat with her earlier today and it's absolutely fantastic what she has to say Good afternoon and welcome to the Weekend Wind Down. It's Paul Jenkins here with our Waffle segment where each week we talk to different poets, performers, educators, anyone involved with words whatsoever. Uh, and today I have the uh, immense pleasure of being able to talk to Amy. Whereabouts are you, Amy? Hi, I'm at home in Rotherham, which is just outside of Sheffield very nice. on this very rainy Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's turned a bit rubbish, hasn't it? What, what happened to that summer we had last week? I hope that wasn't summer, if I'm honest. <laughs> I think that was it. It's, you only get one week a year, and I, I think it's gone. I think we're, <laughs> I think we're, we're hunkered down now. Thank, thank goodness we're, we're told we have to stay in. <laughs> now, we're talking about, and we've been building up on the show for a few weeks now, about Empathy Day coming up. And you're in a fantastic position to talk about this because you work in a school in Sheffield, don't you? What's, what's your position there? Um, I'm assistant head at Beck Primary in Sheffield, and I lead on English and curriculum, and empathy comes as part of my role, and, and leading on the Empathy Lab work that we've been doing. And you've been working with Empathy Lab for a few years, haven't you? Yeah, since 2014-15, that's when we first started, so it's been a good few years now, and it's been really good. And for people that, that at home who've, who've maybe not had this sort of, sort of concept of what empathy is, because I think loads of people think it's just, oh, being kind and having sympathy for somebody else. But, but empathy is really a, a very different approach that you take within school to teaching pupils and, and parents about what empathy really is, isn't it? Yes. And we found when we first started on the journey that it couldn't just be a bolt on. Mm. Um, When we looked at the development plan and our empathy plan, it couldn't just be sort of like a 20 minute slot you do once a week. So we've had to weave it through our curriculum, particularly our English curriculum. And a lot of the teaching and reading that we do has strong links to empathy and empathy texts so that it's embedded and it's then secure practice for staff and the children have a consistent approach we're actually going to we're going to come on a little later on to talk about books and about recommendations of books that that people can read either during empathy day that's coming up on tuesday or further along as you say sort of embedding it within their work but also at home as well i mean that that sense of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes as we as empathy really sort of encourages us to do is that is that something that's been particularly useful to bear in mind during the lockdown when you're sort of communicating Definitely. And because that's just with all children and staff and my own family as well, Mm. because everyone's sort of dealt with it and felt different things during lockdown. And some people have found it a lot easier than others. 
So whether it's be sort of like calling my mum who's a front line worker or mm. living with my partner or speaking to members of staff or the children at school, it has been really good to take a step back and think, right, how might they might be feeling today? How am I feeling today as well? Mm. Um, do you know, do I want to make this phone call right now? <laughs> I mean, I felt okay, but you know what it's like if you feel a little bit grumpy on a day. You're not your best self. It's, so it's good for you to have a little bit of emotional awareness. It's true. Is, is it sort of linked to, because I think this is a fairly new term that in, in education that, that probably when I started teaching almost 20 years ago now, it kind of feels like mindfulness became more and more of an important part of, of what being a teacher is. Is that is, is this sort of linked to that, that whole idea of your mental well-being and the pupils' mental well-being? Yeah, I think it's so important because we all know, I mean, I've been teaching over 10 years. If a child isn't happy or secure or settled, they're not going to learn. And I think we're the same as Natalie. If we're not, if we're feeling anxious or stressed or not ourselves, we're not in the best place to work. So I think it's all about taking that step back and reflecting and thinking, you know, am I emotionally secure? Am I happy? Am I safe? Am I settled? And then you can move forward and do your best at whatever it is you're going to do. It is. I think that's the thing is that there's that link between feeling great in yourself and and that's where you do your best learning, which is, I suppose, you know, for all teachers, that's the overall aim, isn't it? To to make sure that everyone's learning the most. Um, we're going to be talking all the way through this morning about um, about Empathy Day that's coming up on Tuesday of this week. Yes. Have you been able to make preparations for Empathy Day this year? Yes, I mean, it's very different to how I'd originally anticipated it months and months ago. Yeah. Um, but yes, we've worked alongside Empathy Lab. I've been mm. speaking to Miranda um, quite a bit, one of the founders, about our plans. And because we've got a lot of children at home doing home learning still, we've switched a lot of it to the home learning. Mm. And we've create, we've been doing home learning sheets every week that have been sent home to our children. So we've got empathy themes for those. We've done videos and things that the children can access. And we've signposted parents to the online resources from Empathy Lab. And the goal is that join Empathy Day on the day that they will engage with some of the empathy stories online. We've got book stories we've put online as a school and then they will create their empathy pledge and share that. And the children's school are going to do the same, draw everything together. I tell you what we'll do, we'll we'll go into a little bit more detail about that, that kind of empathy pledge. People are going to be making posters and all sorts of things on the day. Um, We're just actually coming up to a music break now. So what what we're going to do is we we always ask all of our guests to choose three songs. Now, you've chosen, anyone who knows my show knows that I'm not the world's biggest Stone Roses fan. But (laughs) you've, you've chosen Waterfall. Why has that song particularly stuck out for you? Well, I love it as a song. I, I do love Stone Roses. Um, <laughs> sorry, Paul. But, um, it's a song that makes me happy. Yeah. I like the lyrics and I love the start. You know, if I've ever been out or if I'm exercising at home, it's a song I use to get me going. So I thought it would be a good first choice. But it's absolutely. And the, and the guests are very much in charge of the playlist when we come to this. This is Stone Roses and Waterfall. <laughs> Playing more of the songs you like. This is 104.7 Rossendale Radio. Welcome back to the Weekend Wind Down. It's uh, Paul Jenkins and I'm speaking to Amy Willoughby, who's over in Rotherham at the moment. Uh, and uh, we've been talking about all things preparing for Empathy Day on June the 9th coming up. It's next Tuesday. And you've been taking part in Empathy Day for a few years now and doing loads and loads of empathy work, not just on one day a year, but really, as you said before, embedding it in the curriculum. How did that change your experience of working with the pupils in school? Well, it was quite a journey for me because I became English lead as we were doing sort of the empathy for dipping our toes in the water. So it worked really well because I could lead on it all. I think it's meant that we've been able to use a wider range of texts. We've been able to use really good quality new authors. 
I think the children have engaged with text better. We changed how we teach reading as well during our time. So we switched to whole class reading for key stage two and book study for key stage one mm. alongside guided reading. And our children really enjoyed that. So it went hand in hand really well together. Um, the kids engaged with it really well. They could talk about empathy. We have children who are empathy leaders on our yards and they really enjoy that role. Um, I think the thing for me that's been really powerful is the fact that the children are, it's still a work in progress, are developing a wider awareness for themselves of their emotions and the emotions of other people, which at the start of the journey, a lot of our children could just say if they were happy or sad or maybe cross. But now we've really sort of delved into that and we've worked on vocabulary a lot at our school. Mm. And I think that's been something that's been really powerful that a child can say, do you know what, miss? I'm feeling frustrated right now. This has happened. Mm. I think that's really powerful because it's equipping the children to deal with things as they get older, which might not always be easy. And I think all of us will sort of have something like that that happens to us. So being able to explain how you feel is a really powerful tool. Oh, that, well, there's so many questions I want to ask you. So you're saying that sort of this emotional literacy is you know, is actually changing across the school as well as as well as their reading patterns changing, but also the the actual way that they're they're discussing their own emotions as as children. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's still a work in progress, and we are not there yet. We've got children who will still find it difficult to articulate those emotions at times, but we're giving them those tools at their fingertips so that they can develop those skills right from our early years up to our year six children so that that consistently there. and I think over the next few years as the children carry on moving through school and they've had more of the empathy education it will only get better and then you mentioned about empathy leaders actually sort of having people on the schoolyards that are recognized as having good empathy skills yeah we have children in our key stage two and key stage one from next year hopefully depending what happens with the world um our children nominate in september they nominate an empathy leader for their class so they choose somebody one of their classmates who they feel shows good empathy skills who who might be really kind or good at listening and have those empathy skills and then those children become the empathy leader and they work with me and we meet up probably once every half term to talk about things that they can do on the yard strategies that they can do to help other people we have an empathy stop where children might go if they're feeling sad or haven't got any friends to play with and then the empathy leaders can sort of go and look after them. They have little lanyards. Oh, they've got lanyards as well. So it sounds like they've got a real kind of yeah. provision for being out there. Is spotting times when empathy is needed and going, right, let's get in there. Let's help people out. This is wonderful. Yeah. And then those children, when it comes to empathy day, last year when we were trying to think about social action a little bit more, we introduced a different category for the empathy award where the empathy leaders and myself, the children worked to nominate a member of staff or somebody from the school sort of community who could get receive a special award so last year it was Asenko as an example Mm. they nominated Miss Whitaker because she cares so much and then she received a special award so this is one of the things we were going to talk about is the empathy awards I know are a kind of notional awards to book characters usually but actually you've taken that into the real world now and started recognizing when people around in the community are showing good empathy skills as well yeah, it's just making it real for the children that little bit more because it's really easy for children to compartmentalise things and think, right, OK, I understand empathy in terms of books. For us, it was thinking about how can we make that more real for them mm. and relate it to their lives even more so they can continue to grow and develop those skills. And this is what you were saying about books and about how we're linking the, the work with literacy and, and books and, and then linking that now that you're sort of further developed on and actually getting kids to, to realise what it's like in a real life situation. But the Empathy Awards at its, uh, its basis, and this is one of the things in the in the family pack that Empathy Lab have produced, is that actually you can award characters in a book at an Empathy Award, can't you? You can you can recognise yes. it. In, so what sort of characters were coming out in your Empathy Awards? What sort of uh, people were being nominated? Well, we did it for a few years and we had quite a wide range because we did it from reception all the way up to year six. Yeah. 
So in reception, the children often came up with characters that were really familiar, like Winnie the Witch and how she looked after her pet cat. Mm -hmm. Further up school, we had characters like Mr. Stink. Yeah. We always had your sort of typical storybook characters like Miss Honey from Matilda, because it's a familiar story to the children. I'm trying to think now. Well, it's funny you were saying because I'm 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 helping to run the Empathy Awards down in Swansea at the moment, and uh, Mr. Stink was nominated by a few, but uh, but the ones that that are coming forward are characters like Miss Honey from Matilda, Marty's Giant in Town. I think has has come up as well. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are in the country, recognizing those empathy skills seems to be something that the kids are able to do, and it's it's a kind of you know universal thing, which is lovely. Yeah, and I think the way we are going to continue moving forwards is introducing the children to lots and lots of different texts and new texts mm. that have got a wide, diverse range of characters in so that they are seeing lots of different types of empathy in different places around the world to help them understand how things work around the world as well. Sort of themes such as refugees as an example, particularly because where I teach, we don't have in our school lots of refugees. Mm. We don't have any who've come into our schoolers yet. So our children might not have actually encountered somebody in that situation, but it's still really important that they learn about it so we can use text as a way forwards. It's more approachable for a child and at their level. Well, I mean, we'll come on to book recommendations in a minute, but I'm currently in the middle of Boy at the Back of the Class by Anjali Ralph. And and that's exactly the kind of thing we're talking about, sort of yeah. identifying with characters that you may not have come across before. Um, OK, well, as I mentioned before, we've got to, we've got another music break coming. Uh, and this time, very different direction now. You've you've chosen Etta James. Yeah, and it's just a song I absolutely love. I, um, I love listening to music on vinyl. I love old R&B and it's just, I love how pure her voice is in this song. I just think it just sounds lovely. And it just, again, it just makes me really happy. And it's perfect Sunday listening as well. Here's Etta James. Yes. Welcome back to the Weekend Wind Down. It's Paul Jenkins here. This is the final part of our interview this afternoon. I'm speaking to Amy Willoughby and we've been talking empathy. We've been talking about empathy leaders and awards. Uh, but right at the at the root of, of everything that happens on Empathy Day, uh, it's, it's kind of uh, accompanied by the hashtag read for empathy. And, and that's very much the basis of what we're trying to do is get kids to identify with characters in books and find you know, new people to identify with and, and their situations. Now, You've got some book recommendations. I've got a few of my own. What What are you planning on on reading in the next few days? Because you've just been telling me off air about uh, about a fantastic book about Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I love that sort of area of music anyway. But this is what I shared with Lower Key Stage Two at school way before lockdown uh, during Black History Month in December, and it's called Ella Queen of Jazz, and it's a gorgeous picture book. It's a hardback, mm. and the, the illustrations are really beautiful, which hooks the children straight away. And it tells the true story of how Marilyn Monroe helped Ella Fitzgerald perform in jazz clubs during the early 60s when the civil rights movement was happening in America and unfortunately people didn't want black people and a black woman to be playing in their clubs. And I think it's just really interesting because it's told in a, a really child-friendly way mm. but it's just a really good example of real-life empathy. So I'm planning to share that with the children on Tuesday. Um, through our YouTube channel. And it's particularly relevant at the moment because we all know there's, there's protests happening across the country and across the world uh, and it's particularly uh, prevalent. Again, this is an American story, but it, it kind of sets it in a real life situation, but through a book as well. So there's there's mm. there's so many different layers there. It's just a, like you say, a real life story of empathy that, that people can relate to. That's it. And it's accessible for children. It makes it, you know, what is a really tragic thing that happened and something that was really shocking a little bit more accessible for children and it breaks it down a little bit so they can understand it. 
and that's what I think we probably need is, is you, you don't need to, to beat people over the head with a stick sometimes. You just need to, to kind of tell mm. them a nice story and say that, you know, this is this is something that we can all enjoy together, but we can still take some learning from it afterwards. It, it reminds me of one of my favourite picture books by Ed Veer is Mr. Big, uh, which is uh, is a tale of a gorilla who uh, he has no friends and he's too big to do everything. He's always if he jumps in a swimming pool, everybody has to get out. And if you know, if he tries to do anything, he's always clattering into stuff. But he's a jazz pianist. That's his skill. Uh, and it's music that brings everybody together. And again, it's a, it's a picture book aimed at, at children, but it's about, you know, accepting people for all of their talents, not about what they look like or about how clumsy they are, whatever. Um, it's it's just yeah. a, it's a nice thing for kids to take away. Uh, you were saying The Koala Who Could is another one that you're planning yeah, on? Yeah, it's, it's by Jim. It's got the illustrations by Jim Field. It's quite a new one. I only bought it a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to use it with Key Stage One mm. um, this week. And it's just, it, it's again, a really accessible text. It's a really nice picture book. And it's about Kevin, the koala. I mean, I love the fact that it's called Kevin, for one, um, <laughs> where he just <laughs> he just likes to do the same thing. He's got his routine and then everything changes and he has to cope and adapt with that. And he doesn't think he can do it, which I think, given what's going on in the world at the moment, that's a really good sort of story for children. And we're going to talk about how, you know, there might be things that the children are a bit scared of or find difficult, but actually they can do it because they've got that inside them. And it's all about them realising that and they, that they can do whatever they want to do. Do you think that will be an issue for children when we do all return back to some sort of sense of normality? Um, and actually, I'll, I'll widen that question out because, you know, adults I know will, will have this problem as well. Finding what is the new normal is going to be quite tricky for everybody, isn't it? I think so. And I think it's a time for us all to be kind to one another and ourselves because things are going to be different. And a lot of people, you know, don't like change, which mm-hmm. I get completely. And, you know, it'll be creating new routines, new structures. And we might not be able to do things that we could have done a long time ago the same way. Mm-hmm. So I think it is it is going to be hard for some people, probably all of us in some way. So I think we do have to be kind to ourselves and take things one day at a time and support one another. I think it's a time for us to be supportive and use our empathy skills rather than be judgmental and sort of say, oh, she's not done it yet or whatever, because I think that would be quite an easy thing for people to do, but it's not the time for that at all. And I think if we do support one another and we are kind and we, we empathise, we could come out of this in a stronger position with maybe more understanding of one another and taking things a little bit slower and thinking about the ramifications and the implications of our actions and maybe you know things will be better who knows yeah i mean that's it i think it's uh, i suppose in a way it's it's allowed everybody to have a, a new sense of perspective on things and uh, and, may, and if books mm. can can help us channel that and help us give a bit of focus to that between one another then long may that continue i think and it, we can only help build on that i think going forward for for empathy day and beyond all the way through um Amy, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you this afternoon. Uh, we've got one more music choice before we uh, finish our conversation with you. Uh, and this one is a special one for me. I love the fact that you've chosen this song. Uh, you've gone for the kinks. Yeah, it's my all-time favourite song. It's one of my favourites. It fa- reminds favorites. me of being little. And it just, it just, I just love it. Even though it's got a slight melancholy undertone, I just love it. I feel really calm when I listen to this and happy like at peace it's uh for, for me i grew up in the, the south of england and all of our millions of school trips they were always to london and we always had to walk, walk over waterloo bridge and it was it's one of those things when i first had a walkman uh, it was one of the first things i did is i got on a train and i went up to london and i listened to waterloo sunset on waterloo bridge and it's <laughs> it just brings memories flooding back for me too so thank you so much for choosing this one um what's coming up for you in the in the near future we're, school's on the way back soon we're, we're getting a sense of normality at some point yeah hopefully just sort of take every day as it comes really um keeping going you know looking at making sure our curriculum is as brilliant as it can be so that as and when the children return it's really well catered for them and they're learning really well and feeling happy and settled 
hopefully on a more personal note we've had to cancel our holiday for various reasons but hopefully taking our dog and going somewhere nice um kind of doing lots of nice walks and like i said just keeping going keeping smiling that's all we that's can my do mantra. keep keep going keep smiling that's that's it that's what we're going yes. to take forward from all of this amy thank you so much uh, and we're going to leave you now with the kinks 104.7 rossendale radio and so we come to the end of another Waffle the Bite Size podcast. My thanks to Amy Willoughby for chatting to us about all things to do with Empathy Day, the Empathy Awards and those empathy boosting books that we can all read to help put ourselves in someone else's shoes. We'll be back next week with another guest. Stay tuned. My thanks go as ever to Melanie Kemp and Lee Ball for their work on Waffle the Bite Size podcast and of course to our friends at Rossendale Radio for allowing us to broadcast every week. We will see you soon.